0: You know, isn't it neat to recognize that we are a gathered people, in assembly for the people of God. Amen. Okay, so this morning, instead of me saying good morning to everybody, I'd like you to find someone that you haven't said hello to. Uh, I'd like you to go find them and go give them a big hug and welcome them to the church. We are the church. Um, I'm so excited to bring you this message today, so why don't you all go find someone and give them all a big hug. You know, as you may have picked up on from some of the videos that we have played today, we're going to be focusing on a few things about the church. But the most important thing to remember is that you and me, we are the church. Inside the church building or outside, Sunday or throughout the week, we are the church, meaning all people. Our little children, the teenagers, our young adults, our old adults, the elderly, the sick, the poor, the disabled, the mentally and emotionally challenged, the come once a monthers, the drug addicted, the rich, the tired, the educated, the uneducated, the depressed, the sinner. You and me, folks. The church is us. It's not the beautiful stone building that's being renovated up the road that we are so excited about, but it is us, and it's important for us to recognize that. We're going to see what Jesus and the apostles said about the church, but before we do, why don't we give God a big shout of praise here at the cross. Amen? It's so good to be here at the cross, man. I I love what direction God has for this church. Hopefully, you know today just how great this miracle is, what God has been doing. This is a church that has the opportunity to touch not just the community, but I believe the world. And you get to be a part of this. Uh, Well, Hey, if you've got a Bible, go ahead and reach for it and turn to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. Now, having just planted this amazing young church here in Antrim, I've been thinking, talking, studying all things the church. I felt like today God put a message on my heart to share with all of you. I want to read a passage of scripture that's typically been used for marriage counseling and relationships, yet I believe something deeper is going on, not just in the natural, but in the supernatural regarding the church. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 22, this is what the Bible says. It says, wives, submit to your husbands As to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should be submitting to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy cleansing her by washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body but he feeds and cares for it, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and will be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Here we go. Verse 32, I, I think, is, uh, is great here. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. Now, I want to take a few moments today, and hopefully you're taking notes. You know that uh, research shows that 98% of people who take notes make it to heaven, right? So, uh, if I was you, I would take some notes. Uh, so, we're going to focus in on a couple of things today. First, we're going to talk about three main purposes for the church, Um, We're also going to study three reasons why the church is referred to as the Bride of Christ. Uh, Maybe some of you have heard of the Bride of Christ from studying, but you're not really sure why God uh, used this word to refer to us, the church, as the Bride of Christ. But before we dive into that, I want to talk a little bit about my church experience. Uh, Maybe it's like yours, maybe it's completely different. Growing up um going to church. Uh, my parents used to bring us to the Antrim Church of Christ, which was right up the road here. Um you know, great little church. Uh every Sunday everyone would get dressed up in their Sunday best, suits, dresses, ties, the whole bit. And uh we also attended the King Church of Christ. Um same thing. Everyone really got dressed up nice, um, and we made a, a full day out of it. I uh, would go to church uh, we do Sunday school. Everyone remembers Sunday school, right? Uh, we got to do Sunday school and meet a lot of great kids my age. Um, and in fact, in the summertime, we would attend camp sometimes. Uh, I went off to a camp called Ganderbrook um, a few times. Um, excellent camp um, all the way for kids, uh, little kids uh, up to our uh, age. We were early teens when we went um, swimming games, Bible studies. Uh, it was great. Uh, something to Really, uh, I really appreciate now being a part of um, such a special place and group of people. Uh, we had Bible studies uh, throughout the week. We had men's group. We had women's group. Um, and like I said, there was a lot of potlucks. Uh, always something going on. Um, which was uh, just really unique, a really unique experience. And, and then outside the church, you know, at Christmas time, uh, you know, me and my younger sisters, we would do plays. Uh, the Three Wise Men, uh, Following the Star to Baby Jesus, for example. Um, we, we would do different things. We'd celebrate Jesus's birthday with a birthday cake. Um, you know, we had a lot going on, which was really pretty special looking back. Uh, I was really fortunate, but what I've learned about being in church is that if you're not careful, you can get lost and caught up in doing church, that you forget to be the church. Let me say this again. If you're not careful, you can get lost and caught up doing church, doing church, uh, that you forget to be the church. You and I are the church. Um... Maybe you're here today, you're going, what is this whole thing with church? It seems like everyone's really excited and passionate about it here at the cross. Uh, did Brother Rick come up with this whole church idea? Um, no, uh, my father did not come up with the idea of church. Uh, God came up with church. You might say, what does the word church mean, anyways? You know, where did it come from? Uh, and, uh, the, the word church comes from the Greek, uh, word found in the New Testament, uh, the word ekklēsia. Um, you know, I love the word ekklēsia because ekklēsia speaks about a gathering or an assembly of believers. Meaning, church is not a place, church is a people. Uh, church really isn't about where, it's about the who. Uh, you and I we are called to be the church. You say, okay, well, what's the purpose of the church then? Why go to church? The the Bible doesn't say you have to go to church to be saved. I can watch church from my comfortable bed, my my recliner. Uh, They got some great preachers on TV, or, you know, maybe my family is really busy this Sunday morning. Uh, you know, I know my family, we've done this. Uh, we've fit church before around our schedule. Uh, maybe early Sunday morning or, or Sunday night might work better for you or for me. Uh, well, the purpose of the church, capital C has always been threefold. The first thing is that it's ministry unto God. Uh, that when we gather, we're to minister unto our God. We're to praise and bless the name of Jesus. That's why we open up the services here at the cross with praise and worship unto him. Um, that's not concert for you and I, but rather a concert for our God. We're worshiping our God. You know, how many of you know that when we praise our God, when we bless our God, it changes things? You know, in Psalms 34, verse 3, King David said, he said, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Ministry unto God. You know, David was really onto something. He was talking about the idea that I want to magnify, I want to bless the name of Jesus. Because as I magnify the name of Jesus, his presence grows bigger in my life. What are you magnifying today? Are you magnifying your struggles or are you magnifying the answer that we have, and His name is Jesus, amen? But it's not just ministry unto God. The second purpose of the church is also ministry to believers or, or to others. You know, I love this because when we come to church, uh, what I'm doing right now, this is called preaching. Um, preaching means to proclaim. Proclaim. And uh, preaching uh, as it's being done all over the world in, in different languages and cultures in different ways um, throughout God's earth. But what we're doing today is on Sunday, uh, people all over the world right now are listening to someone open up God's word and then proclaim the truth of God. The Bible talks about there's power in our preaching of the cross. You know, that's why as soon as my dad asked me to, I thought the name of our fellowship or church here, I did not hesitate. Yes, at the cross. Uh, you know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 18, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But we are who is being saved. Know that it is the very power of God. Amen. You know, here's what I love about our God. All of us can be on this different faithful journey. But even though we're on this different faith journey, God is so big that he can speak intimately to each and every one of us on our journey. You know, as we preach, God speaks to us. Thirdly, uh, the purpose of the church is not just ministry unto God. It's not just ministry to believers. It's also a ministry to this world that you and I, as we gather on Sunday, are ministered and then commanded for the rest of the week to be the church at our work, to be the church at our school, to be the church in our neighborhood. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, uh, it was Jesus who said, Upon this rock I will build my house, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Don't you love that idea that Jesus is giving for us, that we're to be such a progressive, such an aggressive church, that we're literally rescuing people from hell. You know, how many of you here today want to be a church that's stepping out into the world, ministering to the world and rescuing people? Come on, somebody give God a big shout of praise. We are to minister unto the world. You know, as a church, whatever we avoid, the devil He's going to invade. You know, let me repeat this. You know, this is important. And as a church, whatever it is that we avoid, the devil will make his home there and he will invade. You know, we shouldn't be afraid, though. We shouldn't be ashamed. We should be bold and we should be courageous and we should step out onto the night with the light of Jesus. Amen you know, as you study God's word, what you'll find is when it comes to the church, there is lots of different metaphors. Paul will use the metaphor that we're the the body of Christ, that every one of us, you know, we have a function that as we serve, we become the body of Christ. He also talks about the idea that we're the building of Christ, you and I. We're living stones being laid upon one another to form a home for our God. That's why I love Cornerstone by Hillsong. We sang last week uh, such a great song, and we'll have a scripture later uh, that covers the Cornerstone. One of the most peculiar metaphors that's used in the Bible that I've always found interesting is that you and I were called the bride. Of Christ, the bride of Christ. Uh, you know, have you ever wondered why we're called the bride of Christ? Uh, why is the church called the bride of Christ? Uh, You know, I just celebrated this past summer, 10 years since I met my wife. Uh, My wife, her name's Kathleen Marie. Uh, I met my wife while she worked in a store not far from where I worked. Uh, I would stop in there uh, every day after my uh, work shift got done, and I would stop in and grab a drink and and go and uh, pursue her. Uh, Big smiles for her, and we started to strike up a conversation, uh, and it wasn't long that we started dating. Uh, my wife, she's, she's my partner. She's everything to me. We've done life together for some time now. Uh, we were baptized together in, uh, the cold Greg Lake waters right here in Antrim in October of 2013. You know, I, I was thinking it would be crazy if he ever came up to me and he said, Hey, Hey Nick, you know, I love you, man. I, I, Hey, hey Nick, I'm for you. I got your back. Uh, But, hey Nick, I gotta be honest with you, I really don't like Katie Marie very much. I don't know there's just something about her, man. I'm not about her like I am you. You know, how many of you would probably know that I would have an issue with that statement? Because, you see, you can't love me and not like my wife. Yet, how many Christians have said, I love Jesus, but I don't like the church? Hey, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. Hey, church is boring. Hey, church is full of hypocrites. See, I, I think if we would just stop and reflect a little bit more on what we're saying and understand who we are as the church, we would never say those things. Because if we're the bride of Christ, there's no way I would say, I love Jesus, but I don't like the church. That's like saying, I love you, Jesus, but I don't like your bride. Come on, I I know you don't have to go to church to be qualified as a Christian, but if you love Jesus and you're a Christian, why would you not want to go to church? Church is boring? Don't ever say that. Ever. Because church is you and me. And I refuse to be boring. We're not boring. It's you are. I'm sorry, you're not boring. But, you know, uh, yeah, but Pastor Nick, church is full of hypocrites. Are you just figuring this out now? Yes, you're correct. Church is full of hypocrites because church is full of people. And people tend to say one thing and do another. That's why we come to church. We're in need of a Savior. Is anybody thankful that you serve a God who's not a hypocrite, but you serve a God who came and saved you and has always lived out what he says? Paul relates to this in Romans chapter 17, verse 15. Sorry, here we go. Uh, Romans chapter 17, verse 15. I do not understand what I do. For I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. What is Paul saying here? It's a lot of twos. He's saying, I'm a hypocrite, but I need a savior. Now, I don't come to church to be reminded of my weaknesses. I come to church to be reminded of his strengths. My God's not a hypocrite. My God provides me grace so I can walk out my race. You know, I want to try to answer in a few moments that we have here, real quickly, maybe just three benefits or three reasons why I believe that you and I are called the bride of Christ. Um, I just want you to write these down real quick, Uh, I think these will help you. I could give a lot of reasons, but let me just give you three reasons I believe that God and the scriptures say that we're the bride of Christ. The first reason is explained by Paul. As we read earlier, I want to focus in on what he says uh, when he is writing uh, in verse 25. This is what he says, Ephesians 25, Husbands, love your wives like Christ love the church. I think the first word I want us to talk about is the word intimacy. Uh, Everybody say intimacy. (laughs) Okay, come on. I think we can do better than that. Let's say intimacy. Um, Yeah, I, I really believe that the first reason why we're called the bride is because God wants intimacy with you and I. Out of all the things that we could be likened to, were likened to a bride. I don't know if there is a more intimate place on the planet than the marriage bed between a husband and a wife. I think God is trying to say that that's the type of relationship I want with my church. Maybe you're here right now and you're saying, Nick, uh, this isn't the message for me, bro. This is getting kind of weird. I'm not really into God romancing me. I'm not really into God calling me his bride. You know, when reading scripture, we must understand the difference between something that's literal and something that's a metaphor or a parable. A metaphor is talking about something that the writers of the Bible are trying to find to bring resemblance to you, your life. So don't worry. This is not literal, but rather a metaphor. God is trying to find something on this earth to show us the level of intimacy that he wants with you and me. Real intimacy is about trust. This past year uh, has been an amazing year. Uh We, the church, have stepped out on faith, and we planted this church here called At the Cross in uh, Antrim, New Hampshire. It began uh, just a few of us meeting together in our homes, and then in uh, my father's restaurant. We're just praying to find a location, and God first answered with supplying us with the Antrim Town Hall. Right here, this is where we've been meeting uh, since Easter. And then not too long after followed, he provided us with the stone church through Jim Rhymes that has donated the stone church for us to use. There hasn't been a service there in who knows how many years. It's been a huge year of God developing and building our faith as we've stepped out into the unknown, and it's where God has made himself known. You know, I love to be able to pray for our church members. I pray for your families. I pray for your work or your your businesses to continue to flourish. I love you all so much here. But how I love you is different than how I love my wife, right? How many of you know I know my wife, and my wife knows me in a different kind of way? What if God is saying, I want to know you in a different way? What if God is inviting You to know him in a different way, in an intimate way, in a way that's full of trust. You ever look at the word intimacy close in to me, see, into me, see, see the real me. You know, it's neat. How many of you know that we date the projected self, but we tend to marry the actual self. You know, when people are dating, they put out the best version of themselves, right? Everything's new. Everything's exciting. You watch whatever they're watching, eat whatever they're eating. We date the projected side of us that we want to see. We all do it, right? You date the projected self. Then one day you wake up and you go, who's that? Because the actual self shows up. All of a sudden, you know, I don't want to watch the same shows you don't want. I don't want to eat the same food that you want to eat. What God is saying to us is not that I'm interested in the projected you. I love the real you. I want to know the real you. I don't mean the church version of you. The version of when you're dressed up and and you bring uh, all all your, everything's great. I'm, I'm blessed. My family's blessed. Yep, that's great. But God wants to know the real you. I want intimacy, sing. I truly believe that. You know, I believe that God calls us the bride because He wants to know us and He wants us to know Him in an intimate way. Husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church. Paul will continue uh, and he says in verse 26, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain, without wrinkle, or without any other blemish, but holy and blameless." That we would be a pure bride. This narrative is continued as John sees Christ's glorious return as he meets us, his church, in two of my favorite chapters in all the Bible found in Revelations chapter 19 and 20. If you've never ventured into Revelation, it is a must read about Christ's glorious return. One verse reads, for the wedding of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean was given to her to wear. What a picture. You know, I see. I think that the first reason why we're called the bride is for intimacy. But the second reason is for protection. Everyone say protection. Oh, come on now. Everybody say protection. Protection. All right, I believe that God is saying that the church is protected by our Father. As you read the text, this is one of those controversial parts in Scripture because the Bible says, wives, submit to your husbands. Now, notice it does not say, women, submit to men, and it doesn't say, women, submit to all husbands, but rather it says, women, submit to your husband. I see a lot of women, they get really upset about this. But come on, read the next part of the scripture. It says, husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church. I don't know who got the shorter end of the deal. Women, we have to submit to our husbands. But guess what? I have to die for you. Girls have to submit. Guys have to die. (laughs) But look, we both have a responsibility here. The real question is this, ladies, can you be a girl who's worth dying for? And men, can you be a man who's worth submitting to? You see, Paul saying, Christ loved the church so much that he died for the church. He died for you and me. He died for us before we even knew him. Now, before you get to know me, you might look at me and, and see that I have some tattoos. And you might think... Jeez, this guy could be a dangerous guy. You know, who knows? I don't know his history. Maybe you might even have thought of me as someone, uh, as the type that goes out at night and has a few drinks at the bar and gets in a fight. But I'm here to tell you, it's just not true. I'm not a fighter. I've never really been one. Uh, About 15 years ago, though, I I was leaving my work um, I had a car full of bottles. I worked at a spring water uh, production plant, and I had a meeting in Massachusetts the next morning to meet with our bottle supplier. The bottles had these little pin-sized holes in them causing them to leak. So my Honda Accord was filled with so many bottles, I barely had enough room to see. So I was about ready to pull out, out of work onto Route 101, and after sort of looking both ways, I pull out, and the next thing I knew, there was a car hopping in my rearview mirror. He was going so fast, he slammed on his brakes just not to run into me. I saw his arms waving in anger, and he continued to follow me home. Now, like I said, I have never been a fighter, but this guy was not backing off. And so as we continued down this back road, I said, you know, this guy is going to follow me all the way home. I didn't want to bring him to my home, so I decided to slam on my brakes. I got out of the car, and I was ready for whatever happened next. You know, then all six foot eight of them got out of the vehicle and well, (laughs) I was just about ready to turn around. You know, I don't want a problem. I said, I'm not a fighter. You know, not at all. But friends, mark my words. If you mess with my wife, that's a whole other story. If you mess with my wife, if you come to bring harm to my wife, I am prepared. I am ready by any means necessary to step into the middle and protect my wife. She's my responsibility. I'll do anything that I need to. I will even die for her if I have to. You see, this is how God loves you. God has so many different times stepped in the gap. Many times we don't even know it. It's not until we get to heaven, to the other side of eternity, that we'll find out just how many times God has stepped in and protected you and I. That's why when you come to church, you don't have to wait for someone to pump you up. You don't have to wait for the worship team to, to play your favorite song. You want to come into God's house, lifting up your hands, starting to worship God, because you know God has shown up many times and stood in the gap for you. You see, this isn't just good preaching, this is good theology. Because right smack in the middle of Ephesians 5, Paul gives the gospel. How do I know that God will protect you? Because he already did it 2,000 years ago. Jesus came, he walked this earth, and died a sinner's death. In fact, he died your death and my death on a cruel cross. He died the death to take the punishment of sin. He took the curse of sin, and when he died, guess what? His life immediately protected you and I. Now, today, you are called spotless. You are called blameless. You are called righteous. Not because of what you have done, but because of what Jesus has done. You're a spotless, blemish-free bride. It's called grace. And he protected you and me, praise God. Maybe you're here today and you're going, Pastor Nick, uh, That sounds absolutely like unfair and wrong. Why would God, who's perfect, protect me? Well, this is the scandal of our gospel. That that God stepped into humanity and died for us. Preaching for at the cross right now. I'm in front of some of the world's most amazing Christians in the world. I know that you guys don't judge, but sometimes I do. You know, have you ever been like, you know, hanging out, and all of a sudden uh, a couple walks in, uh, maybe to a restaurant, uh, or while well, you guys are out shopping, couple walks in, and, and man, the girl is absolutely beautiful, but then the guy on her arm says, "Well, you're kind of like, um, how did that happen?" You know, I get those looks all the time when me and Katie are out, um, people <laughs> look at us and, and go, how did that guy end up with her? You know, some people might think, oh, he must be loaded or say, Amy, he must have a bunch of money. She's way out of his league. How did you get her? You know, how many of you know that when the world looks upon the church, they see us with all of our problems, with all of our issues, with all of our weaknesses, but as they look upon us, they see our Savior, and they say, how on earth did that guy pick them up? What you ought to do, what you ought to say, is say, that's called grace, that's called the scandal of the gospel, Jesus chose me, he's way out of my league, but he chose me. He protected me, and today I am blemish-free. I am wrinkle-free. I am spotless bride, not because of what I've done, but because of what Jesus has done. He chose me. He's out of my league, but he chose me. You know, I think the first reason why we are called the bride is is for intimacy. The second reason we're called the bride is for protection. And, And the last reason, Paul continues to write in verse 30 and verse 31. He says, For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, for what I'm actually talking about is Christ and his church. The first reason is intimacy. The second reason is protection. The third reason we're called the bride is for the reason that we have rights. Because of Jesus, we have rights. We are one with Jesus. So my wife and I, after we were married, didn't make it to the state house to change your name right away uh mondays are usually the day that we both have off from work and, and we try to get things done on that day um well one year had passed and then in another year and we had realized my license had expired and it, it had been expired for almost two years i was driving with an expired license but what's funny is that i only realized this because i got pulled over one night for a headlight out on the way down uh the road here heading towards Hillsboro, Um, and the officer saw it, you know, he, he pulled me over and, and he asked for my license and registration when he recognized me. And, and we said, hello, he just gave me my license back and said, just so you know, you have a headlight out. Well, I looked at my license and I noticed that it had been expired for two years. He never even noticed it. So I went back to the DMV only to find out that since my, uh, I had sold my house. I, needed this crazy amount of items of all this paperwork with my name and address to get my license processed katie couldn't take my name until i was able to get my license up to date long story short and after a few years later i finally updated my license i can finally say katie marie fangmeyer is now a davis So I tell you, all of this, because Katie was on the phone shortly after this with a company that she had ordered some grooming clothes from. It was an online order, so when the outfit arrived, she was disappointed that they didn't fit. And She called the company uh, to get info on how to return the items. And all of a sudden, I could hear her going on, and and all of a sudden, she says, Excuse me, excuse me. Uh, You do not need to speak to my husband. You are speaking to Mrs. Davis. Now, they wanted to speak to me because my name's on the card, even though it's a joint account. And I said, Oh, Preach Girl, dang, that sounds good. What was she saying? She was saying, actually, you don't need to get my husband on the phone. You've got me on the phone right now. And when you're talking to me, you're talking to him because I carry his name. I have the same rights. Whatever you're looking for, guess what? I have the authority and I have the rights to answer it. Friends, it reminds me of what the Apostle Paul uh, said in Romans chapter 8, verse 17. He said, if you and I, if we're willing to share in Christ's suffering, well then guess what? We will also share in his glory. I have good news Today, for the church of Jesus Christ, because of Jesus. And when you put your trust in, in your faith in Him, all of a sudden, you obtain the exact same rights. Today, you are the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. And when you pray prayers according to the book of James, the Bible says, "...the prayers of a righteous man, they are availeth much." Aren't you thankful today that you're not standing in your righteousness, but you're standing in His righteousness? You have the same rights as Jesus. When you pray, God hears the prayers of Jesus. You have rights today. I want to challenge at the cross. It's time to rise up like never before. Oh, I know that God has done some amazing things here, but I actually believe the best is yet to come. Let's not get lost in doing church. Let's declare and decide in our spirit that we're going to be the church. You know who we are. We're the Ecclesilia. These buildings can't come down, but praise God, our God still rules and reigns, and we are his bride. We have intimacy, we have protection, and we have rights because of Jesus Christ. Someone give God a big shout of praise over the house. Hallelujah. We always say here that we don't just go to church, we say we are the church. God's calling for the church is not what happens for an hour or so inside this building. What God wants is for His church, for us to be active in the world. Some of you are going to recognize, honestly, I'm a follower of Jesus, and yes, I attend church, but I'm not actively engaged as the church. I believe that God wants us all using our gifts. I believe that God wants us all praying and using our faith. I believe that God wants us all reaching out, inviting people to become followers of Jesus, to be active in this church. I believe God wants all of us to be engaged in life together. Deep committed community around God's word. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24 through 25 says, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to act of love in good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. I want to invite you today to take a step forward in your faith as the church. Maybe you've been at church but not completely engaged. Maybe today you've recognized that Satan has held you back from fully committing yourself, not to this building, but for being the bride of Christ. Maybe you feel a calling today and know that God hasn't created me just to go to a service that God created me to be his church, to represent his love, use my gifts, make a difference in this world. I would like to close with just a few scriptures if I could. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 through 21. Paul invites us. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together, we are his house built on the foundations of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. And in closing, I would like to read 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. It says, For we are both God's workers, and you are God's field, you are God's building. Amen. God bless. Thank you so much. Uh, dad, if you could come up here and give the invitation. Uh, thank you everyone. God bless you.